Welcome back to Racing Pulse. It's a smorgasbord of racing this weekend and especially uh, when we turn our attention to Melton because it is a huge double header. Friday night, we've got the Great Southern Star, which is a, a wonderful concept in harness racing. And then on Saturday night, RSN 927 will be live with a full coverage. It'll be shown on racing.com because it's one of the biggest race nights of the sport. It is the Delray International AG Hunter Cup Group 1, $500,000. And it's a great undercard as well. And Ryan's uh, feeling will be front and centre both nights, especially in the coverage of the AG Hunter Cup. And he's here to preview the two big meetings and find us all the winners. How are you, Ryan? Well, great to be with you and the RSN listeners. Yeah, well put, Michael. It is uh, the richest racing in the Victorian harness racing calendar this weekend. The Delray National AG Hunter Cup at half a million dollars is the jewel in the crown for our thoroughbred listening audience. This is pretty much, well, it feels like your uh, Melbourne Cup. It's more like a Cox Plate when you look at the honour roll. Champions win this race like Pure Steel, Popular Arm, Pro Chevalier, uh, you know, in recent times, Blacks of Fate, King of Swing won two of the last three. So it's a champion's race. And then on Friday night, the Great Southern Star, the richest race in Victoria for the Square Gators. And a lot of those horses we saw during the Inner Dominion Carnival, it's got a real international flavour this year with uh, a, a star Kiwi over here as well, a Majestic Man, and a really unique uh, setup with that series, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But all in all, a terrific weekend of racing. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Just touch on that um, setup for the the Great Southern Star because there might be a few people that are unaware of um, what the format is, and it and it makes for enthralling viewing as the night unfolds. Yeah, it really is, Michael. So obviously, there's two heats run earlier in the night. So the first will be race three, and the second will be race four. And in those heats, which are over the shorter trip of 1720. The top three horses that will go through uh, will automatically qualify in both of those two heats. So six go in. And then it's the next four fastest horses that make the field of 12 in the final. But the interesting thing is the final is actually later in the evening. So they get about a two to two and a half an hour break. And then the horses that qualify in those heats race in the final later in the night. So it's a great test of tactics through those heats to make sure that you qualify and you know keep a little bit in the locker as far as your horse is concerned you don't want to overcompensate too early and then you've got the horsemanship that goes in with the recovery process in leading up to that final later in the night so it's a really unique concept it's a popular one and through our coverage on trots vision you'll be able to you know watch it all unfold with the, the bespoke nature of how the trainers go about things and also the drivers and of course you'll you'll see the coverage on Sky Channel as well and listen to it on RSN. So it's a really unique series and, and one that I'm sure people will really enjoy being a part of and watching. The tactics are fascinating, as you say, uh, because you've got to get into the final, but you don't want to burn all your, your chips before the actual final a couple of hours later. And then you've got the whole recovery. What's, what do they normally do between the, the heat and the final from a recovery point of view? Yeah, a lot of busy stable hands, Michael. Just a lot of walking around, I think, keeping those horses... Agile because you don't want them to get cold, I suppose. You know, that they'll give them probably just a, a nice sort of sponge bath as, as, as well. They'll just keep them sort of uh, nice and supple in their coat and, and just keep them moving, really. Um, some, you know, obviously all have different approaches, but the key is you don't want them to cool down too much because 
you know, they've obviously got to go out there a little bit later and do it all again. But, you know, these heats are actually quite interesting when you, you look at them as well because, for instance, race three, Queen Elida is a short price favourite in that race. And you've got the Inner Dominion champ, Just Believe, who's drawn off the back row. So speed and obviously tactics are going to be very interesting because the way I look at that speed map, you know, you've got Sleepy who's got speed, Queen Elida's got speed, Plymouth Chubb's got speed, and you've got... Just believe who will probably be, you know, one of the main chances in the final. He's going to potentially be three back to pegs, which is a horrible position for a horse like him. So he's probably even in danger of qualifying. But what sounds funny to say, if he qualifies, I think he can probably win the final, which, um, you know, he's actually favourite for it. He's $4.60 to win the final, yet he's $3.50 to win his heat. So you sort of, you, you, it's I think from a punning point of view, it's almost better to take the long-range view and look at, well, who will I'm, who am I hoping qualifies and then uh, bet on, you know, pre-post in the final. So I, I think you could almost back two horses for the final, which are the top two favourites, Just Believe at 460 and Majestic Man at $5. Because I think if they both qualify, they'll start much shorter because when they do the barrier draw, the owners, if they, their horse gets picked out first out of the hat, they get to choose their own barrier. So if Majestic Man or Just Believe draw one and two, well, they're going to start around about closer to even money. So maybe that's a better way to play for punters on Friday night. All right. Well, uh, make sure you're watching it all uh, on Trot's Vision and listening to it on RSN 927 because it is uh, a fascinating uh, concept and the, the way that it all plays out. And then, of course, that's uh, that's the entree to what is one of the biggest race nights anywhere in Australia, and that is the AG Hunter Cup. And, and what a field, Ryan, that we've got. And, and the way the barrier draw has played out, um, it, it's, it sets up for a fascinating race. You're so right, Michael. It was always going to be a great race, but when the barrier draw was conducted on Tuesday morning, it just added so many layers of intrigue to it. I think the most important marble that was drawn out was number one, Spirit of Mm. St. Louis. This horse showed blistering gate speed, particularly through the Inner Dominion series. And trainer uh, and, and driver Luke McCarthy has been on record in saying they're not going to waste that draw. So from barrier number one, you can expect Spirit of St. Louis to come out humming. But then you've got horses one to six, well, even really one to seven, normally show gate speed when they they can use it in their career. So tactics early are going to be very interesting. But then there's mid-race pressure from horses like Rock and Roll Do, who really needs bounce back back to here, the Victorian champ. He's been down on form. And then also Expensive Ego, the stable mate to Spirit of St. Louis, who's just going to be sitting back there and, and seeing what everything unfolds early, you know, whether the favourite copy that uh, dips a little bit too hard for the lead, maybe doesn't get it, does Luke then think about going around? So it's going to be a really tactical race. And sometimes when we see these 2,760-metre races, they can kind of be, you know, hard out of the gate for the first 400 and then really back off, you know, for the next 1,200 metres of the race. And they can sometimes be a little bit dull as far as the spectacle is concerned. I don't think that will be the case. I think from start to finish, they'll be running. And normally we see Peg's dominance. I'm not saying that that won't happen in this race, but I think there's every opportunity that horses will be able to come wide in this race and make ground. And that's why I'm tipping Honolulu Bay because he was terrific through the Inner Dominion series. He was excellent in the Ballarat Cup, albeit behind Copy That, who will start favourite in this Hunter Cup. I, I still think that he's the horse to beat. He will 
conserve energy out of that speed battle early. He should get into a nice enough position. I think he'll be strong at the end. I think Spirit of St. Louis from Barrier 1 clearly is the one to be. He just holds all the aces, and you've got to respect Copy that. He's obviously the New Zealand Cup winner and, and the Ballarat Cup winner last start. He's breathtaking. So I'm working around those three. I know the market is as well, but I'm actually just going through uh, for, for more value with number four, Honolulu Bay. Okay, so Honolulu Bay is a $5.50 chance, $2.10. Copy, that's the $3 favourite. Spirit of St. Louis does look a bit of value, doesn't it, from the pole with $5.50, $1.65. And, and you're tipping it'll be a, a pretty hot contest from the start because we... We saw last year when King of Swing got to the front, it was a little bit of a procession, but you're thinking yeah. it's going to be a, a pretty uh, more, a lot more exciting Hunter Cup this year. Well, Jack Callaghan, will, he will absolutely be on his skates leading from barrier number one. I don't think numbers two, three, four, five or six have the speed to cross him in those first 200 metres. The question that Jack Callaghan has to ask himself is, how keen am I to hold the lead? And then if I do hand over... Who do I hand over to? It won't be Torrid Saint. It won't be I Cast No Shadow. I don't think it'll be Honolulu Bay, and it definitely won't be Triple Eight. So then when Copy, that comes calling, who is the race favourite, Jack Callaghan has a decision to make because if he hands over to Copy that, I think he hands Copy that the race. So he'll be thinking that as well, and he will also know that the stable-made expensive ego will be watching all of this unfold off the back row. So I think Spirit of St. Louis will want to hold out, copy that. Then the big question is when uh, possibly Expensive Ego comes calling, does he then hand up the lead to Expensive Ego? Or, you know, does even Rock and Roll do put himself into the fray? So there's a lot of mid-race tactics that are going to be at play here. And, and the, the one that does hold all the aces is Jack Callaghan. I'm almost certain he will lead. Whether he leads all the way, I'm not as certain, but I'm almost... I would probably be more in the yes camp that he will attempt to lead all the way than the no camp. Is there a blowout, Ruffy, if they overdo it in front? Is there a a long-priced horse that the punters can look out for? Yeah, absolutely. I think Hurricane Harley, the fact that he will just do absolutely no work on the peg. Look, I know he's only a, a $7 chance, Michael, but... You know, the fact that if they do tend to overcook things up top, he is not going to have spent a single penny in the race. This is a horse that looks as though he's getting back to somewhat of his best form. He was terrific last week at Melton when he was able to win the free-for-all there. And he led on that occasion. And he's a horse that does have a really strong turn of foot at the end of its races. So, look, $7 is not, you know, ridiculous odds, but... I was actually really surprised to hear you say the odds of, of Spirit of St. Louis being 5.50 before, and Honolulu Bay has actually firmed up from his quote. He was actually 8.50 when they put the markets up. I actually think you could back one, probably numbers one and four, mm. um, you know, for a profit and have a small saver on, on Hurricane Harley. Probably, maybe, I think I don't think it'll start $7 Hurricane Harley. I think it'll be close to about $10, $11, but... I think fixed odds at the moment, Spirit of St. Louis 550. You, you mentioned that before, and it, it piqued my interest because yes. that almost made me want to uh, change my tip because I thought he would have been much shorter than that. Uh, gee, the undercard's just as mouthwatering, isn't it? And there's been a lot of talk about um, what Dan Malecki has said is the next uh, superstar uh, of the sport in Captain Ravishing goes around in the four-year-old Bonanza race number three. First of all, how good do you think Captain Ravishing is and, and where he can get to? Well, when a legend like Dan Malecki says this is one of the best horses he's, 
he's saying you've got to really listen to that sort of commentary. You know, the joy I see this horse give him is actually quite <laughs> infectious. Look, Michael, we've seen horses, haven't we, like Courage Under Fire and Christian Cullen. Mm. And, and to me, I don't think he's in that ilk yet because it's... Look, I, I think a lot more water needs to go under the bridge with this horse. Yes, he's running time. He ran 151.1 in the Breeders' Crown, which was just absolutely breathtaking. And the way that he did it was, was exceptional. He stamped himself as a great horse. I think what it does set up, I just want to, you know, cool my jets until this horse again takes on Leap to Fame. Because remember, that you know, Leap to Fame should still be known as the best three-year-old, now going into a four-year-old this season, because Captain Ravishing has been beaten by Leap to Fame both times. So I think that needs to be in, in the back of everyone's mind. Yes, it looks as though Captain Ravishing's going up a notch, but how do we know what Leap to Fame's done as well? And then there's another horse that, you know, will want to throw himself into the mix on Saturday night, in the uh, Mercury 80 with um, Catch a Wave, who's seemingly going well as well. They'll all meet again later in the year in the Tab Eureka, which is, I think is in about October, which will be just a mouth-watering race. Yes, he's, he's one of the best three-year-olds I've seen, but I also think we're seeing an exceptional crop of three- and four-year-olds this year that will all probably sort themselves out when it comes to the Eureka. I'm not stamping uh, Captain Ravishing yet as... as you know, the, the star four-year-old right now, I think he'll win the Cog Services Bonanza on, on Saturday night. There's no question about that, and I think he'll win it by space. But I'm just looking forward to seeing all of these horses clash over the next 12 months, and I think in 12 months' time, you know, we will say we've seen some great races, some great matchups between these two. Let's not they go off too early and stamp them just yet is what I'm saying. Yeah, he, uh, let's hope he does put the fireworks on because that's what we want to see. Uh, I think there's actually a really good bet in that race too, Mike. I, oh. I think you can absolutely stand out Captain Ravishing. But I, in my mind, I think a clear second pick is number eight. He's a son of a gun who's currently $12.160. So whatever you do with your multiples and exactors, I think stand him out for second. I think he'll be three the pegs. Invitation only will try to hold out Captain Ravishing for a bit and then take hold. I think he's the son of a gun as a faster horse um, than invitation only from what I've seen. I, I think it can run second, so there's a good bet in that race. Perfect. All right, so that's race three. Stand Captain Ravishing out. He's a gun for the exactor. Uh, I'll get a few bets off you then. You mentioned Catch a Wave in the Mercury 80. It's sixty. Is this just another part of the multi-leg? Uh, wouldn't be anchoring that one. No. Look, I, I, look, I hope Catch a Wave wins. Uh, I really love this horse, but this is a, so the Mercury 80, so people um, are aware, this is a 1200 metre race. This mm. is as short as they race in uh, Victoria. So it's literally a handlebars down scamper. Number six, Street Kid in that race, I think is clearly the quickest horse off the arm. It will lead. Firefox also shows good early speed and Catch a Wave, I just think we'll have to work a little bit hard. I, I'm not potting Catch a Wave. I just wouldn't be taking $1.60. I actually thought the $6.50 about Firefox was a pretty good bet in that race. That's a race that I'll be watching, and I, I wouldn't be throwing catch into any multis as far as an anchor is concerned. But, um, you know, I, I hope hopefully it, it, he can win the race because, as I mentioned, if, if we're talking about him in the same breath as Captain Ravishing, well, he probably should win that race. But just the conditions being 1,200 metres, drawn wide off the track, he's going to have to do work. It's not a fate to complete. 
We've got the star, Tough Tilly, who's uh, almost unbackable. $1.35 in the Ladyship Cup. There shouldn't be any hiccups there, should there? Uh, if, if I knew 100% that Tough Tilly was $1.35, like, for example, if I could bet us 200 metres and she was in front, yes, $1.35, absolute stamp job, Tough Tilly. But I'm worried that number three, Tay-Tay, who absolutely can fly the arm, may cross Tough Tilly. And we've seen this happen before, and then he's parked Tough Tilly. And obviously Tough Tilly, you know, was too strong for Tay-Tay on that occasion. But I just think what wasn't, uh, you know, when they did clash before Tay-Tay, when it was able to hold out Tough Tilly, what they didn't have was a horse like number eight of Moray Day just stalking them. Uh, three the pegs with a strong finish at the end. Um, so, again, a little bit of a banana skin. I, I think after 200 metres of tough till he's in front, she'll win and $1.35 is a good price. But if Tay-Tay happens to cross her at the start and parks her out, I wouldn't be wanting to be on at that price. OK. Uh, and then we get to the pure steel, which is uh, almost the consolation to the AG Hunter Cup. And many people would have been backing Cranbourne in the Hunter Cup. Um, yet it was a disappointing run at Ballarat. What? Any excuses there? Uh, there was uh, some excuses. Um, I, I, I did hear during the week, and I just can't recall, Michael, but there, w- there was actual excuses on, on that occasion. And so often um, you see, don't you, with feature races, horses that maybe are the first emergency for the big race, they'll often win the, the, the consolation of sorts, won't they, whether it's thoroughbreds or harness. And I, I guess that's why uh, Cranbourne is a justified favourite here. There's a lot of early speed in the race. Serge Blanco will come out. Kowalski analysis will show a ton of speed as well. I just looked at this race and I saw $6.50 about Max Delight and I thought, how on earth is this horse $6.50? Max Delight has probably been one of the unluckiest horses racing in big races over the past, well, really since the end of Dominion. So you can, you can go back a few months now and more often than not, he's running well. Forget he's running the Ballarat Cup against Copy that he, he just was never going to get into that race at all. You go back to his form prior to that, always running honest races in the Sheffield Cup, Bendigo Cup, um, you know, as I mentioned, the Inter Dominion as well. So I think $6.50, Max Delight, Chris Alford, David Aiken, for me, that is an each-way bet all day in the pure steel. Gee, we've got some nice value then as well, uh, Ryan, on Saturday night. So Max Delight, race six, number nine, $6.52 each way all day. Um, and who's your best of the two nights? Oh, I, I think the best that I would tip you would come up. I'm really keen on a horse on Friday night. It is in race six, a horse by the name of Just a Bit Touchy, number eight. So race six, number eight, it's in uh, the... Big screen, big screen company trot, um, so it's on the support card there. I think it's around about. Uh, I'm not sure the, the price. I haven't checked it for a bit, but I think it's around about two fifty, two sixty. Um, I think that horse should be odds on. So I, I think that's a good bet. So race on Friday night, race six, number eight, just a bit touchy. Brilliant stuff. Uh, looking forward to yourself and the team. Adam Hamilton, Mick Guren, I'm assuming, uh, leading the charge on Saturday night. We'll see on, on trots.com and racing.com. Absolutely. So racing.com. So just for everyone to note, that's channel 68 and 78. So if you're trying to watch it through the Foxtel platform, that's different. You won't get it. So you've got to write, watch racing.com through channel 68 and 78. From 5.55pm, we kick off the racing.com coverage. Of course, Michael, uh, 
always great coverage on RSN, great supporters of Victorian harness racing. You'll be able to listen in and get all of the tips and late mail as well. So if you're having a punt, RSN is really terrific to listen to as well. And Sky Channel will be covering. And, of course, you'll also be able to watch it through Trots Vision on the trots.com.au. So we've got all angles covered. Um, it really brings the curtain down on all of our feature racing in Victoria, Michael, for harness racing. But, you know, what a few months it's been. And thank you again to the support of RSN and your program as well and helping us uh, bring to attention these great races. So thanks very much and, and bring on Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll be watching. Uh, have a great weekend, Ryan. Best of luck. Thanks, Michael. Good luck, everyone.